0: well Boxing, oh, yeah, and a uh, new, 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 new Irish Boxing Podcast.
1: Else,
0: but That's King Moto again, Newbridge based Contemporary Band. Check them out on social media. Busy week again. Welcome in week three, episode three. A lot going on this week. Uh, a little bonus extra as well. Uh, so what we're going to do for today and tonight, for to this evening's show, we're going to have a, a chat with Ray Moilette, who has a big um, decider fight tonight in Castlebar. And we will then have a look back at what went on last weekend. We'll also preview John O'Carroll's fight. Uh, we were hoping to speak with John O. And it didn't quite work out we worked with the crew at, at MTK in Dubai and we also spoke a uh, big, big thank you to Kate and the, the, the marketing team there and it just didn't just time went against us in the end but we'll speak to Jono hopefully over the next couple of days or weeks um, it'll be a massive massive night for him tomorrow night as well in Sheffield and that'll be this week so we'll just have a quick look there's a show in Belfast tonight there's a show in Sheffield tomorrow. And then we'll have a look back at a certain Mr. Fury's um, dance in the Lights in America last weekend. And what a dance that was indeed. So let's get along in here. Uh, this interview with Ray wasn't planned. It was certain, something I just took a chance. I shot an email through to him. so sent him a message across social media. Uh, I was not expecting any sort of a reply with the week that was in it, the days that were in it, the way it cut, building up to weigh-in and everything else. And lo and behold... Um, I got a reply, yep, let's go bro, no hassle. And so massive credit to Ray and and, and eternal thanks for that. We will certainly be rooting for him tonight. In front of TG Carr, so anyone that doesn't know, Ray Moylet is tonight in an Eliminator fight. And it will be shown free live on TG Carr. Also, Kildare's Roy Sheen making um, somewhat of a comeback tonight as well on the Assassin Promotions card. And Roy has a massive potential. He has a colossal um, amateur pedigree and talents to burn. And this time, hopefully this time, is when he gets a start, gets things under his belt, gets off to a flyer again. Um, 2019 could be a very big year for Mr. Moilette and Sheehan indeed. So thanks again to Ray. Thanks to Kaz' Assassin's promotion, he has a huge amateur pedigree. Huge pedigree. He won a European silver medal, um, competed at the World and Europeans, and won now senior elite championships and turned pro. Uh, shopped around, spoke to a lot of different uh, promoters, and eventually uh, teamed up with uh, Kaz Evans and Assassin's promotions. Yeah, I think they are boxing out of Brighton. I think. And Ray is the is top of their bill, he's the top dog in the stable, he's the face of their promotions. And he tells us a little bit about how he enjoys that and how he wears it well. And uh, I have to say, very, very, very enjoyable, very affable uh, character, a very enjoyable interview. So here he is telling us the benefits and the advantages of a home fight. Well, I'll
2: be honest with you, I never really had home advantage in, you know. It's years since I fought in Castlebar. I had only one fight ever in Castlebar, was on the k 2 the road to Rio, which was 12 or 13. and... I don't have a podcast, but I'm most surprised to go in export as a as a schoolboy, so an underage. And so within my, my job in so, yeah, the would have been most of the time in public or abroad. So I've never really had home advantage. And I didn't realize how uh, important it can be, if it's well, or how, how beneficial it can be also. So, like I was making way yesterday and I knew exactly, I knew the gym I was training in. And I had my own bath here in the house. that I was tired that night after a cut and I slept like a baby in my own bed. You know, that was unbelievable. I've never done that before.
0: like your high performance days race so travelling to Dublin to train in Blanderstown with Paki, um for this camp and then back home to Mayo um, so when you were with the high performance and the elite unit training in Dublin tra- travelling back to Mayo um, good days you're right i always felt that the media or the the sports media in the country should have should have put together some sort of documentary uh based around the high performance unit because it was certainly centralized and based on systems used in cuba russia uh kazakhstan places where the irish elite units are now welcomed with open arms and that most other countries aren't and there's a lot of the general sporting public don't know anything about it and they don't know the, the levels to which that team perform at and aspire to perform at so it's a missed opportunity by yet another one for for um, sports fans in the country. I enjoyed the crack lately, Ray, on social media. I enjoyed the Tune and Frown with Andy Lee. Uh, tell us about that and, and how that came about. The well, you
2: said then uh, it was Andy Lee, I put up the tweet saying that I thought the men was not fight that all over the next ten years. And while that tweet came up and I was a fan of it. But I, this was already in the make end with sure, so I was I was a small bit ready, yeah, to everyone else would shows us in the building for a couple of months, you know, without obviously letting, out of the, letting the cat out of the bag but yeah. we had to make sure everything was um, coming together before we announced these things so of course, yeah. Sure everything was right, which we did and so I could challenge Andy on like I look up to Andy as like, I look up for him with huge respect and um, but I said I just wanted to get my point across, and I feel I did, and he actually responded to me a few days later, you know, he said he'd love to help me, but any chance he could get, it, you know, he'd give me a bit of exposure and get me on um, off the border, and he was is, is up to his side of the bag, mm-hmm. and now I'm living up to mine. So I, I, I put it to him, you know, because I wanted, uh, I just wanted my voice to be heard, and I said uh, he was coming from one side and I was coming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And with the, with the um, benefit of hindsight, I guess you had, had the, the, the knowledge that there was a show in the making that shows that Andy would have made, built his career on on this side of the Atlantic and small hall shows around the country. Something that I think Ray, fans have a chance to get to know you from and, and with a lot of your career to date having been built and, and started in Boston and stateside and, and a couple of shows in England. and How, how do you think it's, it's going to fare for people that are wanting to go and watch you Fight
2: here. Oh. Well, it, it makes it that bit more inviting, you know, like, uh, if you, like, most of my fights are in like boxing, you know, and the guys have to take a day off work, if they have to come over for two days or whatever, they should book a, book a flight and book a hotel room, you know, and mm-hmm. so, and then they feed out every day, so like, so someone's come to one of my fights at uh, about
1: 700 no, you know what I mean? I'll find five with some kind of
2: job, but it's not all that jump. Whereas here you get away with a hundred and fifty quits of the night and then then with them and that jump. You yep. know what I mean? So it's very inviting then and it's very
0: accessible to everyone. Boxing in a place now that it's never been before, certainly not in, in recent memory. Uh there's a lot of people seem to be in a in a in a massive hurry to get to where they're going. They they, they want to take big fight after big fight, they want to take big fights and sometimes these taking these big fights that step too soon can set them back maybe a couple of steps like if we look at uh, Lewis Ritson for example who, who took an age to get to where he got to then maybe took a little leap too far and f- who knows where it's going to set him back still a phenomenally talented boxer but it strikes me Ray that your career is very well thought out very well planned meticulously planned and that each step is made of increments and increments that you know uh, that you're going to improve and rise to what do you think yourself?
2: Yeah. But- well, Glenn, show your path. I'm not jumping out, uh, out of my league, which I know I'm still building my career at the minute. Um, I've been well managed, I have good support, I have great backing behind me. Um, I'm not calling out these on social media trying to make a name for myself. You know, I'm I'm going down it the right way with, with the right people. Yeah, they're not trying to cheat anyone, I am overtake anyone. We're, we're trying to do this on our own nerves. Like I'm I'm not out doing this to prove this to someone else. This is my journey and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what I can do myself. I'm not doing this in spite that I want to be better than someone else. I've been I weeks with the best in the world to the high oh, of no on.
0: Yeah, and I don't know is it subconsciously on my behalf or not is it because possibly I saw him on Off the Ball lately yourself and Andy interacting and getting on so well and the respect it was between a mutual respect might I add um, but I can see a lot of similarities in Andy's path career and how he he had a a, a very very definite direction and career path and excellent guidance from his early days as a, as a pro what do you think?
2: I mean like I wouldn't have really looked at Andy Lee and say, oh yeah, what you like to exactly, you know, and do things, but i actually halfway through do book at the minute, and I feel I in the book, as in, I can relate to so much in the book, now the names are different, the places are different, yep. but the stories are very similar to my own, you know, if I was to write a book, like, after the first hundred pages i read, I could have had 60 or 70 pages in my own book, yep. you know, just with different names, different details, but... It, uh, surely, if, if I want to, to copy someone or to follow in someone else's be uh, is, uh, is one of the yeah.
0: better ones. Clearly, when you teamed up with Kaz and, and Assassin uh, Promotions, Ray, uh, your extensive amateur background and your establishment uh, carried an awful lot of weight and carried and chips. You're the main uh, fighter in the stable, and you're the face of, of the promotional company at the moment. H- how are you feeling about all that, and... Uh, going into fight week has it has it been any sort of a weight on you at all I, I enjoy that
2: role I feel like I can offer a lot more than just boxing and I feel I have interest and I have ways of targeting other audiences as well because the boxing audience is very small I feel I can link other audiences to boxing as well I, I can offer a lot more than just the boxing ring um, to the casual side you know so yeah. management and And because it's in their best interest to to have my best interest in mind, if that makes sense. Like, I know that the Irish public, uh, they love toxin. Like, toxin is in every community, you know, the boxing around, like, everyone we meet on the street, uh, the one we went to the boxing club at some stage, you know. It was very much an Irish Irish thing to go to the boxing club every time, you know. it's hard to get them to actually come out of support, You know, but, uh, the Irish people have the mentality that they're, they're, they're nearly afraid of something that they're being tricked. They, they, they need a bit of reassurance, you know, and I think we will showing them that. So, like, I'm sure the promoters are fast, and then, like I said, we'll put Sean's every week, no problem, but you wouldn't get the support every week. Can't the market, but so we need the support of the people to, to get behind us as uh, as a figure. You know, I mean, the way to get behind the
0: football teams and different and things like that. We need that. So, with the fight in the can and, and everything organised, and and how did we set out on the road to to camp? How did how did it start for you? I know you had a trip uh, across the water with some pretty um, well known and established sparring partners and and advice. Uh, do you want to tell us about that? And my sparring
2: camp started in Dublin. heavy. I'm found heaven today and I just started into camp and I knew this fight was coming up, so it wasn't great to start at the camp but then uh we made the connection with Joe and Anthony Cola and I went over there and changed my complete attitude because I was being I was out of my comfort zone and I was being put in against one of the best. So I had to I had to step up to the back and been over there for three weeks, I had no distraction or no anything, so I got my way under control over there, got my boxing up to a serious level, and then again of the best, in the and then by the time I came back, the lads that were bullying me around
0: the ring in Blanchett um, I was able to handle them. Um, there you one go. After on the same day. So and there's a big wish. No, so that was, like, leaving, leaving Dublin that, was,
2: that Friday, that was, it was the best investment home ever, you know, no so know yeah.
1: You know, uh, you know, uh, That's like for sure, rounds. So I had
0: to and then, you know, to stay there. some shots, but I didn't want to do then, we, we have the, the Sugar Ray sweet shot to, to come in. And and you know, the, it'll, it'll, come. it'll come, there's no doubt it'll come. It has done over the years. This
2: the last couple of weeks, these guys were fading rapid, and I could see it um, with my eye, you know, and I don't have the same eyes as I can tell but to see it and I feel a plan come to the ring, uh, there's some, some motivation out of that to, uh, to keep going with that plan, and that's what we're going to go with on, uh, on Friday
0: night. So because of the fans and everything, they couldn't have went better from the near to you couldn't ask for a better man to be steering the plan or to be pl- plopping the course either, Ray. Uh, the weight cable went well, clearly. Uh, half a pound in the weight, almost 0.3 underweight. Um, I took a shot in the dark, to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting to have a reply or for you to be in a position to reply, to be honest with you with the weight. I know how the weight, weight fight, weight goes and how, how much of a drain it can be at times. Uh, but it went well for you.
2: lying in the base, which I imagine myself that a better way than go so and um, it so one day up to Paki and I I couldn't believe that I was even able, able to drive so, but I did two quality box sessions up there with them. I didn't worry about the weight at all and I got full quality out of the station with it and I go down no problem then again yesterday and then mm-hmm. I got to away last night in this morning and it fell off like you know oh, one hour yeah so I like as I said, I've for this whole week out of my diary. Yeah. I only lost one hour. The first win, so... It is a massive
0: win. Just a taste of what's to come, Ray. And the week up to the fight. I, so I
2: said we are doing the boxing sessions during the week. But I wasn't Because But I never even thought I'd be doing them so for the week. Um I was asking for more rounds on the band. I will go more, I'd do more. But he was adamant that I stopped and not uh, not to leave with him again. So, I, he sounds like a way to just holding me back because he's been, he how he described me. And, you know, that was great to hear that from him, because, you know, you're your coach and your trainer He's only going to be honest with you and tell you, he wouldn't ever come into the gym and say, Ray, well, you're flying and you're doing very well, you know. I had to get a compliment, but, out of the trainer, will be up, obviously, but, yes, um, feedback like that, you know, that, would, that
0: would well again thanks for million for giving us a little bit of your time the day before the fight uh, put the feed up, enjoy the rest of that book and uh, I'll certainly be glued to it uh, to see where the next step of the road is going to take us and the next step this weekend uh, takes us on to John O'Carroll who is in action on the undercard of Kelbrook. I think he's the main support, to chief support to Kelbrook in his bout in Sheffield Arena um, John O'Carroll is one of the more colourful uh, Irish pros out there at the minute he, he had um, he had a kind of he, he came to boxing late I guess he, he, he the best beard in boxing he's been described as uh, very very larger than life character, great crack uh, very friendly, very fair he, I contacted John o a couple of weeks ago and uh, John O signed with my MTK and, and um, he advised that I need to speak with the representatives and I did, Kate and I spoke with the guys at MTK and they were very accommodating and we just couldn't get it over the line in time um so that's nobody's fault. Uh just, just the way things worked out. Probably my own fault for not getting in touch quicker. But we're learning, we're learning, and thanks again for, for their for their, um courtesy and their their, their interactions. John O pro um in Oz in Australia a few years ago uh, when he was there working on, on a working holiday. Um had a couple of small fights and, and one thing led to another and, and uh he Won the prize fighter tournament. Uh, well, I think it was the first prize fighter tournament. Went in as the rank outsider and, and <coughs> won three, three, won his three bouts in in explosive style, and that set him up nicely. Then he signed with Matchroom, signed with, early with Sky Sports, and uh, a couple of setbacks along the way, with no losses as such. But uh, didn't uh, work out early days with Sky, and he went signed with MTK and had a couple of good you know, cracking fights with with. Um, in Germany took a huge step-up fight in Germany on the, on the Tyson Fury Vladimir Klitschko bout and uh, he won that one and it's just a, another example of a career that's been well plotted well managed it's they're taking their time they're not overreaching at any point they're making incremental improvements as they go along and John O'Neill now finds himself in an eliminator bout for a crack at Tevin Farmer uh, the IBF Fedorway, Super Featherweight title so it's a huge step up um, uh, in terms of opposition. But as John O says himself, he doesn't focus too much on, on opponents or he doesn't focus on anybody else. He, he looks to make the improvements that he needs to make and make those incremental steps as he goes along. So uh, big, big shout out to John O and the team tomorrow night. Hopefully, uh, there's no doubt he'll make the step up. He's had some pretty colourful backwards and forwards with uh, Farmer on Twitter and on social media. It's been entertaining. So, yeah, big shout out to John tomorrow night, and, and, and uh, no doubt he's going to do the job. And um, we can look forward to another Irishman stepping into the ring to fight for a world title in 2019. What else is on in Ireland this weekend? Tonight, another show on Friday night in Belfast. It's an MTK show. Conrad Cummings is again in the ring as he, he makes uh, plots his road back again. Um, he was due to fight Brian Rose in what would have been a really, really good uh, fight. Uh, but I think Rose picked up an injury. So he, he's out and is replaced by the Hungarian uh, Ferenc Uh Conrad needs to keep winning there and he'll get, he'll get another shot. At that the European title that he had a he had a, a real ding dong battle with with Luke Keeler there, so if he can get another win under the belt, that will put him back in the in the line then to, to take his take uh, the European title in two o one nine. The other guys on the card up in Belfast tonight are Paddy Gallagher, uh, the highly highly promising and highly skillful and very explosive uh, lightweight Gary Cully. This guy, if anyone hasn't seen Gary Cully, uh, I think he's, he's born he's from Nase actually. Uh, tremendous huge talent, under the auspices of Pete Taylor, brilliant, brilliant Uh, I I can't say, talk highly enough about him, he's a real, real, real promise for the future, and not too far future either, Phil Sutcliffe makes his comeback tonight, Uh, brilliant news for Phil Phil is one of the more explosive punchers in in his division, and it's great to see him back, I think he's had nearly a year out, and it's one of those injuries that just kind of stacks up one after the other, but Look, it's over, now he's behind, it's behind him, and after tonight, it'll be he'll be back in the mix again. Steve Collins Jr., Parag McCrory, Shawnee McComb, and, and, uh, all on the bill tonight, and Stephen Webb making his debut, so great night's boxing in Belfast tonight, uh, Friday night, and then also on the card, I think I had mentioned as well, was Roy Sheen from Kildare. Uh, props to Roy again, back after another setback, but he's back in the ring, back where he belongs, and there's another guy with talent, born. all these guys coming through, just goes to speak hi, how it goes to show how highly um, trained and skilled this this elite high performance unit is in Ireland. It, it, like they're churning out all these guys that are on professional shows early in their pro careers. There's nothing coming close to them. Um, uh, so Roy was another one of the early days. He, he was in the high performance team, and, and it's great to see him back himself and Eric Donovan representing Kildare, Gary Cully representing Kildare. So there's plenty of of um, Lily White influences tonight. Uh, Spike back, on the, back in the ring tonight. His first fight back since the David Lemieux fight. He's starting off at light middleweight. Um, I think he's going to have an eight rounder over in, in Castlebar with uh, on the Ray Mylett card. And Aaron Gettins, the young Sligo pro, making his debut tonight as well. So um, best of luck to all the lads. And it's going to be a real good night. It's great to see boxing back. As I said, I, I spent so many happy nights travelling around to Limerick and Dublin and Belfast watching these shows back in when, when Andy Lee and Andy Murray and Doody and all the guys were making their, their their name they're building their reputation and their records and, and it's what it's all about and it's long overdue and uh, the Celtic Clash card I uh, I understand was a tremendous card two weeks ago as well with, with the Battle of and, and brilliant, it's just brilliant to see and, and it's a credit to all the promoters it's a credit to all the fighters, trainers everybody that's getting themselves and, and look, we need to get boxing back where it needs to be in this country we need to get rid of the negativity bullshit that's going on um, the excuses that have been offered up by this uh, the, so I suppose we would call them um, media, but whatever you want to call them it, it, they'll find an excuse not to cover boxing, whatever it is they'll find it, uh, there's enough reasons good reasons to follow it, to support it to love it, to build it um, than there is to knock it, so let's do that and let's hopefully get boxing in 2019 let it be another massive step forward for all these promoters, Celtic Clash assassin promotions all these guys get behind them get out there and support them buy the tickets and the fighters and 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 give these guys the the support they deserve uh elsewhere i suppose around the world there's there's lots of fighting fights on tonight uh over the weekend the pick of them i guess is um the best boxer on the planet in my opinion and in most people's opinion i'm not going to do pound for pound it's not something that um i'm interested in to be honest just pound for pound is just it's like comparing a cat and a dog if a cat was a dog it'd be a great dog and vice versa it's not for me uh in my opinion lomachenko is the best boxer on the planet and possibly potentially the best boxer ever historically uh anyone that hasn't seen him i'm not sure is there anybody uh, certainly there isn't a fight fan hasn't seen him but for the casuals and the 1999 boys um have a look at them and and try and figure it out uh Probably not going to be too easy to see in an iPhone or a PlayStation, but uh, the stuff that Lomachenko is doing and the fight, uh, the Linares fight in Lone, where he stepped up an um, opponent where he was giving away quite a lot and was down on the seat of his pants there midway through the fight, uh, which was shocking itself. And then it turns out he was fighting more or less one arm for, for the majority of the fight, which makes it even more astounding. Uh, he makes his comeback against Pedraza tomorrow night. Pedraza on any other night of the year would be a handful for anybody but I'm expecting Loma to do what he does outclass him and pick him apart and finish him whenever he feels like finishing him. Um, I don't know what really is in the future for Lomachenko. What's going to challenge him? He's going to go up to the weights. Eventually he's going to come It's what size does he got? Linares was, was a tough, tough fight uh, Mikey Garcia they're saying i'm not sure i don't know um but for now let's just enjoy him where he is yeah um, he is a tremendous tremendously entertaining fighter um there's talk as well of uh, the never ending story between kelbrook and and amir kant Um, will he be there tomorrow night or won't he be there in the pantomime season no he's he's behind you yeah shout out to ben um he's behind you no, I don't think so. It looks like now that Terence Crawford is going to take the uh, Amir to fight, take a fight with Amir Kant. And the funny thing, the interesting thing in that is uh, Khan, they're saying, is going to get something around, around about the 5 million mark to fight Bud Crawford. But he would get somewhere of a basic around 7 to 8 million to fight uh, Kell Brook in England. And he would also get shares on the pay-per-view as well. So he will take less money and a systematic beating against Terence Crawford rather than go in a 50-50 fight uh, where he's calling all the shots. He's had Kell answer to all his demands and his whims and he still will not take the fight. I think it sounds very, very similar to a certain heavyweight who did not want to dance last weekend. And did we have a dance last weekend? Wow! wow it was unbelievable did anybody doubt him did anybody doubt our man did anybody ever dare doubt the gypsy king well if you did maybe now it's time to learn uh you gotta love you you don't have to love him you don't have to hate him but you do have to respect him he is one of the most unique uniquely gifted heavyweights i would say the division will have seen when he's finished, when he goes, whenever, wherever that may be at whatever level there's not much that, can, that, that uh, hasn't already been said and, and you know what, people are getting to see the real Tyson Fury now, the real Gypsy King in the past there was, a, I think it might have been a, a culmination of uh, where Tyson's head was in a bad place he was ill, he was very clearly ill and he was also in a set up that was, I suppose, a level below what he needed to be for the st- stage that he had grown into. Uh, credit to his loyalty and his his, um, his, yeah, his loyalties. He stayed with Big Hennessy and he stayed with a, a, a promoter who essentially had no TV deal and didn't really have the, the network and the system in place to promote a world heavyweight champion. But he stuck with it he gave it a go and and as a result of doing that I think that's where the controversy needed to come in so he was self selling himself and he was selling controversial comments and statements and outbursts but um, he's now with a worldwide uh, promoter he's with a worldwide tv deal and he just has to concentrate on what he does best and why does he do it best um what is there to be said about the fight that hasn't been said um, for me, it was a bad decision. Was it a robbery? Mm. I guess it didn't have the same stink off it that Canelo and Golovkin had, for sure. But it did have a robbery feel about it, didn't it? It really did, because. um I've listened to all the podcasts that i listen to all week, all the expert opinions that I respect. Uh, bar one, shout out to Glenn McCrory. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to his opinions on it yet, but uh, I, can imagine, I can imagine what they are. To say it was a daylight robbery would be wrong, because when you go to America, um, where the country has turned its back on boxing, essentially, and... Uh, that's what happens you know they give the house fighter they give him all the benefits they give him all the advantages they give them everything everything there is to be given they give it to them and with with wilder trying to tie up tv deals and everything else and a potential future fight with joshua if he grows a pair um there's no point in having a wilder without a belt having said all that it's hard to score for wilder in that fight it's hard to score for wilder in that fight i understand entirely uh, that the two knockdowns are 10 8 rounds there's an argument for a 10 9 because he was tyson came back and and, and finished finished the round well possibly won won the round back uh, but you can't win a round back i guess when you're after been on your arse um but i scored the fight i gave wilder round 2 one was close and then he had the two knockdowns. That's it. Um, that's it. I can't say yeah, I can't say anything else. I didn't get I couldn't give him I couldn't give him um rounds for for being a champion. I just couldn't. But some people will say the reverse and say they couldn't give it to Fury for avoiding. Right. It's a guess, it's a matter of opinion, but what's not acceptable, what is not acceptable, is the judging, and the lack of a standard. uh, Yet again in America, yet again. Now I know we get our hard fosters and we get our scenarios in Ireland and in England and and this side of the planet, and it's not acceptable to go to the Staple Centre in one of the biggest, the biggest fight of the year the biggest heavyweight fight since klitschko joshua bar none to have somebody sitting beside a ring judging a fight and to come with a score like that is disgusting nothing short of disgusting now i did a little bit of background right because everybody's jumping up and down all week and they're looking at who's who and where's what and how did the scores and who they were not so much interested in who they are and who they're friends with and who the climb they do with and who they don't. Uh, what I did find out was what their experiences where have they come from what have they done in the past what's their body of work as you would with a fight er, uh we're going to look at that in the future the heavyweight bodies of work and who's done what in that division. But I had a look at Phil Edwards the English judge Okay, and in his recent fights he's done uh, Warrington Selby and he's done Mo Hooker and Harry Flanagan, and he's uh, more than acquitted himself in those fights. I think he did 1-1-3, one, 1-1-3 one, three, one, one, three in the uh, Warrington's, uh, was it? or the, the Hooker-Flanagan the hooker fight. He also did Usyk and Bredis. Um No, sorry, he didn't do Usyk Bredis. Uh, Rob Tapper, the Canadian judge, his last fight, I think of, of note, was Usyk Bredis, where he scored a one one five, one one three, for Usyk. We um, bring on to our um, skid mark, our Adelaide Bird. Okay, Um, the new word for skidmark is Adelaide Bird. Okay, so maybe we could call it an Adelaide Rasha from here on in. But he would won fight, one title fight prior. Uh, There's no record of who that title fight was against. And he has done some club shows in Mexico. He's the WBC representative. And there was no US judge on the card. You've got a US World Heavyweight Champion, an American. And there's no u.s judges and you've got a mexican judge who has done one fight one title fight in mexico summer when was the last time we had an American a mexican heavyweight yeah don't 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 spend too long thinking about that because there hasn't been one of note for for some time but um yeah it's it's just it's just ridiculous and um it's refreshing have a listen here to some comments from the referee because there there was there were some um, there were some sycophants who were who were choosing to uh, mostly Americans I have to say if not all Americans that were jumping up and down saying the judge the ref made the count slow and refereeing. Listen to how Jack Weiss explains what he did, how he did it, and how he prepares for fights. These are taken. Um, the uh, copy copy these from Fight Hype. Shout out to Fight Fight Hype. Uh, youtube page uh it's absolutely refreshing to hear jack weiss as a referee speak about how he prepares for fight what he looks for going down to see somebody when they're down knocked out so heavily like that and uh how he talks how he walks it back from here jack weiss
1: um no it wasn't intimidating because i've refereed guys that size in fact, I was fortunate enough to referee Wilder against Duhoppas, bigger and Wilder. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of fights under my belt, and uh, I've got a lot of heavyweights under my belt, so it wasn't intimidating at all. It was actually exciting. I couldn't wait to get in there. I'm really glad you understand it. I'm really glad you get it. There's definitely a difference. Um, the, the bigger guys are going to be slower. The faster guys... I've got to work a little bit further because i got to stay out of their way. They can make quick moves and you get caught up. Where with the bigger guys, I can stay a little bit closer because they don't move as fast. And breaking them and all that other stuff, it's just that the heavier they are, the slower it gets. And those, the bigger guys get tired. You know, it's a lot of weight and a lot of muscle they're pushing around. And um, one of the things I will do, honestly, when the older guys in the later rounds start to hold, I'll give them... Two or three seconds extra to rest a little bit because the fans want to see a fight, you know, and I'll, and I'll just break them a little slower and let these guys get the rest that they're both looking for. If one guy's holding, the other guy's not trying to get out. It's telling me they're both trying to take a break. Uh, I knew something was gonna ha- good was going to happen because there was a lot of tension and a lot of energy in the air during the weigh-in, during my rules meeting with both of them, and then when the pre-fight instruction. Both of these guys looked in great shape and they both came to fight. Heavyweight. What more could you ask for? I knew something good was going to come out out of it. Well, may may I answer that in two parts? Absolutely. All right. The first part is, I don't know what other guys would or wouldn't have done, but, you know, I was evaluating these guys throughout the whole fight. And one thing I knew going into the 12th round, they they boxed their hearts out. they, They punched, you know, threw a lot of punches and hit each other, but there wasn't a lot of heavy damage taken by either guy. Came into the 12th round, tired, but not extremely hurt. So when he got hit and he went down hard, man, that was an unbelievable knockdown. There's two things that went through my mind. Number one, always count a champion out. And number two, give this guy the benefit of doubt. Let's see see how he's doing. So when I went down to count, I was—I don't know if you saw it on the tape, or you noticed it. I don't know if you noticed it, but not only did I get down, I scooted in so I'd be right above his feet, so he could see my hands and hear my voice. And I said two, three, four, and he was—he um, was grimacing. You know what I mean? he was his eyes and his cheeks. He was grimacing, so I knew he was awake. And then when I said five, his eyes popped open. Like, I startled him. You know what I mean? He was awake. And then he rolled over, got up, and said, I'm okay, Jack, I'm okay, or whatever. He said, you know, if you want to continue, he says yes. And he put his arms on my shoulders. I pushed his arms off, and I said, walk over here and come back to me, show me you're okay. And he did, and we let it go. A 10-count doesn't mean 10 seconds. It's, it's a referee's opportunity make sure that the fighter who is hurt can intelligently defend himself because you know he's wounded prey. You want to make sure he's intelligent, he can intelligently defend himself because I'm about to let a guy, a hurricane, come running across the ring and try to fin And in the old days, we used to wipe their gloves and send them through. Then people started making them walk to see their gait. And people were making them walk in a straight line. Well, Any drunk can walk in a straight line. So what the doctors, the ringside physicians, started teaching us is that if a guy's been hit and his gait is off, it's very hard to hide it when you make them change direction. So we started making them walk to the left and the right, so they have to change direction to either accent their stagger or demonstrate that they're in full control of their body. That's what we do. That's what I was doing. You know what? I got to be honest. I don't really care what they say because I'm going to do what's right for the for the boxing and for the fighter safety. Period. I absolutely study them uh, um, for a lot of reasons. And you know, something you ought to know is when I went into the dressing room to give pre-fight instructions, I had a list of five things to talk to Tyson Fury about and three things. And to a while, the bad day about, that I absolutely would not accept what I saw them doing in their prior fights. When I study the fighters, I want to get a baseline on them. I want to find out what's normal for them. So during the fight, when they're getting fatigued and they're getting damaged, they fall away from that baseline, and I know, I can tell when they're hurt by how far away from that baseline. It goes into my decision-making, I always study the fighters. You know, it's a wonderful feeling because, um, you know, look, everybody in every sport and every adventure, business, in life runs into obstacles. I've been held back uh, in boxing for political reasons. I've had my my mountains to climb. So, uh, And I live by a philosophy, different philosophies, that sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy. Other referees, philosophies are never violate safety what's best for boxing you know i get guys that go no we all got to do it the same way uh it's got to be like this and i don't agree with the the letter of the law agree with the spirit of the law and last night was a perfect example of the spirit of the law now he went down and the way he fell and he hit his head there's guys that'll say i don't care i'm counting them out well guess what i went by the spirit of the law and I said, I'm gonna give him a chance and and look what happened. Easy way out, easy way out would have been to wave that fight off. But you don't pay me to to do the easy thing. You pay me to do what's right. That's what I did. Got my philosophy, you know what I'm saying? Do what's best never violate safety, but when you can
0: do what's best for boxing. Again, shout-out to Percy at Fight Hype for that uh, copy that I found on YouTube. What an insightful li- interview with Jack Weiss. What refreshing uh, honesty. And what about words about that to close? I don't think you could ask for better words to close on. Do what's best for boxing. It's been a busy enough week. I've had the last couple of days and weeks we've had interviews with um, lots, of, lots of well-known boxing entities around the country. Uh, to, big Tommy Mack from the Cruiserweight from Belfast spoke to Tommy last Saturday uh Ushin Ushin fagan had, a, had a, two brilliant interviews with the guys over the last couple of days and um, very moving and emotional interview with Declan spellman um last friday uh the duffy um so we've got good good quality good brilliant interviews in the can and lots more to come world champions and olympic champions um but it's a matter of just getting them all in get the quality together and make them relevant to what's going on at the time um thank you so much to everybody for their for their um response for their advice and for their cooperation it's um it's taken more long it's taken longer at this stage to get the technical side of things but we're getting there absolutely getting there and um the journey is well worth it so yeah i'll leave it the parting words i don't know there's lots of memes going around all week undertaker and everything else all class well super stuff very very uh, entertaining in that I don't know about anybody else what went through their head when when Tyson hit the deck in that last round. I don't know what words or what sounds or what came to mind, but uh, there's only one thing came to mind for me. Get up, you son of a
1: bitch! It's Mickey loves you.